The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Welcome to the AV Podcast Home Cinema Edition. Coming up this week, we've got the latest AV news. I talk about the gadgets that have affected my life this week. And Phil Hinton and Seth Gecko look at the Microsoft Zune Player and the ATEC 1080p LCD TV. This week's Audio Visual News. We start this week by following up on our preview HD story from last week. As regular listeners will be aware, Ofcom is currently in a consultation period about plans to sell off all transmission bandwidth to the highest bidders when analogue TV signals are switched off in 2012. This would mean no Freeview high-definition services being available in the UK, as those backing terrestrial channels would certainly be outbid by the cash-fat mobile communications companies. The audiovisual trade has decided to launch a web-based petition backed by all four terrestrial broadcasters as well as industry companies like Sony and Toshiba. The website can be found at www.hdforall.org.uk and anyone with concerns for the future of free high-definition transmissions should sign the petition straight away. The subject has raised a very interesting debate on the AV forums and you can read more about the planned sell-off and what our members are saying on the forum's front page. Hopefully by signing the petition, which closes on the 27th of February, we can force Ofcom to rethink and reserve space for free HD in the UK. So as we battle for a free high-definition future in the UK, it looks like Ireland's Freeview service, due to launch using standard DEF MPEG-2 broadcasts in 2008, will support high-definition MPEG-4 broadcasts shortly after switch-on. Ironically, high-def is seen as a product which will popularise the service and bring in more revenue for the broadcasters. The new Irish Freeview service is being trialled by 1,000 viewers as we speak, with results known later in the year. So much for the UK leading the way. OK, moving away from the hot potato that is Freeview HD, how do you fancy an all-new DVD format? Well, the DVD forum has this week ratified an all-new DVD system called Download DVD. The new disc format is designed to allow digital movie downloads encoded with CSS copy protection to be burnt in a PC and then played back in conventional DVD players. This move is likely to help further advance the download market as films or TV programs downloaded can be taken out of the PC environment and played on your standalone DVD player. Hollywood is said to be supporting this new format by making their films available for digital download to disc burning on the DVDs. All blank download DVDs have CSS copy protection pre-keyed into them and anyone wanting to take advantage of the new system will need to buy a new DVD burner when available. Prices are yet to be confirmed for the hardware and software downloads. LG Philips has announced a new range of LCD panels. The top of the range model comes in at 47 inches with a true HD 1920 by 1080 resolution and a dramatic sounding contrast ratio of 1 million to 1. The set will also have a wide 178 degree viewing angle, 1.07 billion colours, an 8 millisecond response time and will join six new sets varying in size from 8 inches right up to this 47 inch giant. 
Prices and availability are yet to be confirmed, but expect the sets in the near future. If it's big screen, 1080p pictures that you long for and your budget can stretch far enough, Cineversum have released their latest HD projector in the UK via their exclusive distributor, AWE. Unveiled at the recent ISE show in Berlin, the Cineversum Blackwing 2 projector is a full HD, medium-sized projector that features three DILA-07 chips with 1920x1080 resolution and a contrast ratio of 20,000 to 1. Pricing for this high-end machine is yet to be confirmed, but it should be available in the UK next month. Arriving in the UK as we speak is JVC's DLA HD1, which boasts a 15,000 to 1 contrast ratio and 3-chip DILA technology. This projector, priced at approximately £4,500, is creating quite a buzz of excitement on the forums, as the first lucky customers have taken delivery of the unit. This is quite a one-up for the UK, as the machine is yet to hit the stores in the US. And the early feedback from our own AV Forums members on the projector's outstanding performance has brought in visitors from all over the world. The AV Forums will be reviewing the projector in the next few weeks. And if you want to find out more about this possible CRT projector killer, head over to the LCD DLP Projection Forum to read up on what the first owners are saying. And finally this week, we have a timely reminder of this year's first major consumer electronics gathering as Bristol Sound and Vision 2007 opens its doors Friday the 23rd of February. There will be over 170 major brands on show with around 80 exhibitors showing the latest and greatest hi-fi and home cinema gear on the planet. If you want to hear what some of the major manufacturers are showing at this year's event, then why not listen back to the last two home cinema podcasts to hear some in-depth interviews. And if you're heading to the show, don't forget to pop into the AV Forum stand and have a chat with the team. Play our Xbox Challenge to win an entire home cinema system or even share your thoughts on what you've seen. We'll be bringing you daily podcasts from the show with accompanying photographs for those people who can't attend. We hope to see you there. For up-to-the-minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com. Time for my bit now. As regular listeners to this podcast will know, I like to bring you a little bit of behind-the-scenes gossip from whatever I've been doing gadget-wise. And this week, I was testing night vision. Now, I can't tell you the brand of night vision that I was using because it was too dark to see the model number or indeed the name. Um, I'll try and mention it to Stuart and he can post it up on the forum. So uh, if you're at all interested, you should be able to find it there in the next couple of days or, or, or a week from now. But basically, it was a challenge between myself, Susie and John uh, to go out into the Pennines at about 11 o'clock at night and run around a, a kind of prefabricated assault course that uh, the various gadget show researchers had assembled. And I can tell you it was the day when all the newspapers in the UK went absolutely crazy about how incredibly cold it was. The day when all the snow fell. Um, so it's quite an experience. I was fortunate in that I'd won the previous challenge, which, um, which was wearing outdoor clothing while sitting in a bath full of ice. We had three baths, each full of ice. John had a kind of tweed Lord of the Manor outfit on. Uh, Susie some snowboard gear and I had some kind of fell walkers kit what can I say I must be hardier than the other two because I stayed in longer uh, that is until the paramedic dragged me out because he said that my temperature was going up which means that uh, my peripherals my hands and feet 
were starting to be deprived of blood. My heart was pumping all my blood into the centre of my body in order to keep the important things like my heart and lungs working. And so that's why he pulled me out eventually, otherwise I would have stayed in there for at least another 20 minutes. Anyway, I won that part of the challenge, and because of that, I was able to choose from three sets of night vision headwear. Although what John had couldn't really be described as night vision. Uh, It was a kind of, you know, 25 quid from Argos efforts. But uh, mine was the real deal, £4,000, third generation night vision goggles. Uh, This thing strapped to your head... Uh, with all kind of adjustments, so it was um, actually very comfortable when you consider that I wear glasses. And then uh, there was a monocle that folded down and gave me a surprisingly good uh, night vision panorama. Now, I'm not going to say that for £4,000 you've got a piece of kit uh, that, you know, makes nighttime into daytime. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, but for those of you who are familiar with the, the Tom Clancy franchise of games, like Rainbow Six and so on, uh, it's exactly the same experience. To say that my kit gave me an advantage is an understatement Susie had a, a quite decent pair of night vision enabled binoculars uh, which I think would set you back about 600 quid uh, but they really were no comparison to to my hands-free third gen night vision kit uh, essentially I ran around the course just about as quickly as I would have done in the daytime it was really easy it was a series of signs that we had to follow and things we had to push and tripwires that we had to avoid and, and for me it was an absolute no-brainer it, you know it took me a matter of minutes and so I guess the moral of the story is you know night vision is one of those technologies that uh, has really come a long way and, and I'm guessing this third gen kit I was using uh, that's now £4,000 you know give it two or three years um, and it's, it's quite probable that for those of us who are into rambling around in forests at night time for whatever reason you know it'll probably be below the £1,000 mark it's certainly going that way as I said, I'll try and find out the make and model number of the headset I used and we'll pop it up on the forums. Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. Oh my God, is there nothing you people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. The AV Podcast Gadget Review. Gadget Review. Okay, so this week we're going to review two products which we've been living with for a while. Joining me is Seth Gecko. Hi, Seth. Hi there, Phil. So we're looking this week, first of all, at the Microsoft Zoom Player and then we'll take a look at the ATEC 47-inch LCD TV. So let's start with the Microsoft, Seth, and uh, you've had this for a little while, so what's your initial thoughts on this player? Well, everyone's going to automatically think that I'm very biased. It's no big secret that I'm not the world's biggest fan of the uh, Apple iPod. You know, I do actually own one. I have a 30-gig um, video version. I just find that there's certain facilities on it that are just not for me. I particularly hate the thing that everybody loves, which is the touch wheel. Um, if you yourself feel of uh, used an Apple iPod, you know that it's all done on a uh, like a circular touchpad that are on laptops. And as as much as everybody loves those uh, touch wheels, I can't stand it. It reminds me of laptop touchpads, and we all know how awful they are. This is where the Zoom differs. It has more of a creative Zen type mechanism to it. It's basically a circular pad but it's um, used to go up, down, left, right with the button in the middle to select your options. And when you have the uh, zoom on, first off you get the, the standard options, which is uh, music for obviously MP3, WMA type playback. You have videos, you have pictures, you have a first compared to the Apple, which is the radio. You then have community, which I'll touch on in a bit later, and then you have the settings. Now, 
the best thing for me with uh, the zoom is you can customize the wallpaper etc so as is the norm I have a rather uh, cleavage heavy picture of Angelina Jolie on my zoom I bet you didn't expect that one and in terms of navigation it's very simple just select up and down to select the option press the button in the middle and you get a nice little sort of animated zoom in and all the options come up for whatever you want now you can access say your albums if you're in the music section um, by the title of the album by the artists you can create your playlists it will list all the songs it will do it all by genre so you've got quite a few options there in terms of how you can access your music now the way to upload music to the Zune is using the Zune player on your PC there's no Macintosh option so that will really upset the five people with them out there the one thing that I do like uh, particularly about it is once you've uh, ripped your CD into the, the program it will go away and look for the uh, album art cover and when you move the album across you get the album art on the Zune and when you start playing it you get a nice big picture of the album cover as well so although the, the, the video version of the iPod does it, it doesn't do it in quite the same way um, it's a lot better um, for my money on the Zune um, and that's helped in part by the rather large screen that the Zune has So Seth, just how intuitive is the Microsoft to use them? I would say it's uh, as intuitive as any of the other MP3 players on the market um, the controls aren't particularly oversensitive, which is one of the, the problems I always cite with the iPod. I find that the uh, actual touch wheel is way too sensitive for, for my little fingers. Um, whereas because this is much more um, clicky, you know, much more positive on that side of things, um, it's a lot better for the control side of things. And like I say, um, it's very simple to just you know push up to go to uh, movies or music and then just hit the enter button and just carry on going through the options until it plays. One thing with MP3 players is actually getting the tracks onto your player. What's the interface like? What's the software like that Microsoft have, have brought with the Zoom? It's actually the, the Zoom um, software is a sort of a, a mix somewhere between um, iTunes and Media Player, for want of a better uh, analogy. It looks very much like the Windows Media Player 11 that you're probably used to on your PCs but in the same way that you can select everything in iTunes and just drag and drop onto the device and synchronize it all up. So you mentioned uh, community there. What does that mean? Well, the community option is basically that the Zune has Wi-Fi built into it. Now, this may sound a, a strange thing, but in a community of people with Zunes, it does enable you to uh, piggyback onto their system and send them songs, and they can send you songs wirelessly. So what about sound quality? One of the things with MP3 players, in my experience, has always been the rather naff headphones which come with the units. What's the Zune like out the box with the headphones, and, and what's the sound quality like? Um, it depends on how you want to view it. I'll say it's as good as the Apple, which basically means that the headphones that are shipped with it are absolutely crap and you'll be best to throw them away and go and get something much better instead now from sort of for me I have a tried and tested pair of Sony in-ear headphones as well as my uh, bog standard skull crusher with noise reductions um, which are closed ear 
uh, headphones, which I tend to use more than anything else. And when you've got those on, flick the switch for the noise reduction, it sounds really, really good. I don't have to have this up as loud as I would have the iPod, for example, on the train with the uh, skull crushers on. It does have some EQ settings in the same way that the iPod does, where it has the uh, option for you to have you know, classical jazz, um, but again, it's a bit of a gimmick on either of those, and you're probably best to keep it off. But as long as you get a decent pair, pair of headphones, on, to be honest, any MP3 player is it's a lot better that way than what you ever get in the box. Um, I will say, with the exception of the iRiver that I uh, own, that actually came bundled with a pair of Sennheisers. So, does the Zoom also handle video? Yeah, as I said, one of the options on the menu is video, and this is one of the really nice things with the Zoom. Um, when you select a video, which is usually in the WMV standard for Windows Media Player, when you press play, it automatically tilts it onto its side so you get a widescreen image. The best part is, is when you when it does turn to its side, so obviously you move the uh, the zoom from a, a portrait angle to a landscape angle, the actual menu buttons actually go with it. So what was left and right now up and down. So from that point of view, it's very clever. So obviously the zoom's not available in the UK at this moment in time. So where did you get yours from and is it worth importing it? As you said, it was imported. Um, uh, it came over from the US because it's the only place you can get them, US and Canada. Um, and in my opinion, it it's well worth importing. It's a little bit bigger than the Apple iPod. It's a bit sturdier. Um, it's not so prone to scratching. Uh, one of the criticisms I have with the iPods is they tend to be like a metallic silver back and unless you put it practically in a case straight away it scratches quicker than Jazzy Jeff on a turntable. It's more of a, a, a sort of a plasticky I want to say fiberglass, but it's not. It's a very strange sort of plasticky feel, and it's a two-tone plastic, and it comes in three colours. You can have brown, which looks brown, um, black, which looks pretty cool. Uh, I've gone for the white option, funnily enough, just for a change. And, and it's a very striking design. It doesn't, you know, like I say, scratch as easy as the iPod. Um, it has a better tactile feel. So I quite like it, and yeah, in my opinion, it's probably worth uh, importing. The only hiccup at the moment um, is there's not enough Zoom people out there um, for the community option to work. But it is coming out later on this year, so hopefully that's going to grow. So, Seth, in your humble opinion, out of 10, how much are you going to score the Microsoft Zoom? Um, well, like I say, I really like it. It's no big secret that I'm not the biggest fan of the iPod, basically because there are a few things that I... I, I really dislike about it, um, and it's not just because it's made by Apple. This is actually a very solid device. It's, you know, the features on it are very good. There's a, a, a sort of a nod of the hat uh, to the future with the Wi-Fi options, uh, and as long as it sort of takes off, it would be an exciting device. Musically, sounds very good. I'll have to give it a good score. I think it's worth an eight out of ten. You Microsoft lover, you. <laughs> um, even if it wasn't by Microsoft I think it's a very well put together um, MP3 player and video player the screen is very good for the video playback as well So, um, and like I say because it automatically turns into the, the landscape view you get a nice sort of 3 inch screen um, to view your videos on um, you've got a picture viewer on there as well so if you want to upload your uh, digital camera or candid photography um, pictures to the zoom you can do and you can use it to scroll through it and like I say you can customise the backdrop and uh, have it 
sort of like your cell phone, you know, customized wallpaper to your heart's content. You can't do that on the Apple. It is very good, though. So an 8 out of 10, that's got to be a recommended from the AV podcast. So we'll move on to our next product, and it's a little bit difficult to review a TV in the audio sense uh, on a podcast, but we'll give it a go. The ATEC AV470 LCD TV. I had this set with me for about four weeks and lived with it for that length of time. And uh, ATEC will not be a name which is uh, instantly recognisable to anybody on the forums. Uh, They were founded in 1993, a Korean company, and uh, they did a lot of civil defence work, but in the last few years they have been developing and manufacturing LCD displays. So the AV470 is a 47-inch 1080p, that's 1920 by 1080 pixels, it's available at the not so expensive price of 1499 that's 1499 pounds so when the set was delivered uh, the first thing i noticed was that it weighs an absolute ton um the poor delivery driver uh, must have been a day over 70 uh, this bloke that came to deliver the tv we struggled up my staircase with it but once i unpacked the tv I was actually very, very surprised with the actual build quality on offer here. The TV certainly has a a very sexy look, and it's something which obviously Sony or Toshiba or any of the other screen manufacturers would be proud of, is the actual look of the set. In fact, I think uh, even for a budget price set, if you were to put this on a shelf and take off the ATEC name, I think many enthusiasts on the forums would be very hard-pressed to pick out that this was the imposter, so to say. So, moving on from there, we had a look at the connectivity, and the first criticism I have of the set is it only has one HDMI connection. This may cause you some problems if you've got Sky HD and an upscaling DVD deck and an HD DVD and a Blu-ray player. You're going to have to find some way of video switching before connection to the set. Saying that, it does have a DVI-D RGB connection, which you can connect your PC. And if you were to use an HDMI to DVI cable, that would solve one of your input issues. set also has component input, one S-video input, and two SCART sockets. So, apart from the oversight of the HDMI, connections list isn't too bad for this set. And all the connections are on the back plate and well hidden and at an angle. So, if you were to wall mount the set, you won't find any of the cables getting in the way. Another thing which I will point out at this point is the remote control for the set. The remote is a horrible white colour and it just looks dirt cheap. And even the the buttons for your menu and your up and down and so on, they're all over the place. They're not in an intuitive way on the remote at all. So I'm afraid the remote control was obviously, it looks like it was an afterthought at the end of the day. But looking through the range, it looks like it's the same remote control for every TV in the range. Um, So no matter what ATEC screen you purchase, you're going to get this remote control and let's hope uh, when the next set comes out that they do something with the remote. Well, other than the connectivity, Phil, I mean, do you get any other features such as uh, Freeview Tuner or... Yes, you do. You get a Freeview Tuner and it also comes with some nifty picture-in-picture settings. However, the picture-in-picture settings, if, like one of the forum members, you you want a set where you can have side-by-side digital connections this is not the set for you it will do the picture in picture um, from an analog source uh, to a digital source or vice versa but you can't do picture in picture for two digital sources so unfortunately if if you're someone that wants that um, connectivity 
Uh, it's not available with the set. But the built-in Freeview tuner, it's just as good as any other tuner on, on any other LCD or plasma set these days. And certainly the reception levels in my area produced a very nice picture. So come on then, Phil. You've got a 47-inch. It's 1080p. It's got HDMI and a DVI connector for your connectivity, which isn't bad. There's got to be a problem. Um, yeah, and it's a rather big problem, actually. It's light pollution. And um, the backlight on the set, unfortunately, doesn't have any user controls to allow you to control the backlighting. And if you're like me and you love your films and you like to watch them in the dark, this is certainly not the set for you. Watching it in the dark, the picture became very washed out and you could actually see the backlight coming through um, on the screen. You can actually see patches of the backlight coming through. That said... In a normal room with normal lighting and um, using it with normal TV material, I didn't have that problem. Uh, the backlight didn't come through unless it was a, a particularly dark scene, which then became a little bit washed out. Apart from that, it, it looked very nice. And the thing is, this is an LG Philips panel. It's a 1080p LG Philips panel. And it boasts a contrast ratio of about 1,600 to 1. However, when I looked at the set, I didn't have any means in which to um, measure that while I had the set with me. Connecting up HD, HD looked absolutely brilliant. As you can imagine, it's a 1080 screen, so so detail and sharpness was spot on, and the screen produced some convincing flesh tones and added quite an excellent depth to the image. Watching something like Harry Potter, the background information and detail present was very convincing, as well as a depth of field which, at times, did look three-dimensional. With it being a 47-inch screen as well, it's quite imposing in, in a small British living room, if that's the place you're going to have it. I actually used it in both my rooms. I used it in the cinema room and then in the living room. In the cinema room, it performed poorly because it's a light-controlled room. It's a very dark room, and unfortunately, the backlight problems just didn't do the set any favours. However, in the living room, it did look excellent. And discs like uh, King Kong, again on HD DVD, really do demand to be seen in in 1080p. And on this on this set, it did look detailed. Brightness was good. Colour depth was good. And as you would expect, you didn't see any video noise in there. Using the set for everyday TV, um, I watched a documentary on the Vicar of Dibley, of all things. But it was quite good source material because I had plenty of close-up shots of those people being interviewed. And it allowed a, a surprising amount of detail to come through in the image. And certainly faces and skin tones looked natural. And the set held up very, very well. And then using the picture-in-picture setup, I could look at what was on the uh, digital tuner at the same time as uh, is looking at HD DVD or, or another channel. Uh, nice little feature. You don't see that on many sets, and certainly at this price range, you, you don't find that kind of gimmick um, on, on such cheap sets. So it, it's a nice addition. Okay, Phil. So, you know, you've gone over the pros and sort of the major con for you as well, but, you know, keeping in mind it is a cheap 1080p set and it is rather large, you know, 47 inches. What's your overall thoughts? Overall, if you're going to use this in the living room, if you're going to use it with the built-in digital tuner or Sky HD or uh, an HD DVD player or Blu-ray player, whatever, if it's in a room which is well well lit and with uh, over, overhead lighting at night, uh, light coming in through the windows, it will hold up well. It will appear a little bit washed out now and again uh, in darker scenes, but overall the picture should hold up quite well. And as a, as a TV workhorse in the living room, it does the business. If, like me... Um, you enjoy your movies, you want the most accurate picture quality, 
on your screen, properly calibrated so you can watch your movies with the lights down. Forget about this set. Go and get yourself plasma. Uh, because, unfortunately, with, with all the LCDs, you get the problem of the backlight. Some do it better than others. Um, some of, of uh, the means in which to turn the backlight down. If you select different picture options on sets from, say, Toshiba, Sony or whatever, there are settings there which, which do get rid of the backlight problem. Unfortunately, on this set, it's there all the time. It's on full all the time. It's a bit like uh, a suntan machine, just the way that that light's there all the time. And like I say, in a normal living room, you don't really notice it. Get in the dark, and it just washes everything out, and it looks really bad because you can see the panel coming through. However, I'm going to cut this this set a little bit of slack because it is only uh, 1,500 quid. A little birdie tells me that there's going to be a promotion on June, March as well with this screen, so it may even be available for cheaper. Given it that, if you're only going to watch things like Sky HD in your living room, normal TV, which is upscaled, it's going to do a decent decent enough job. It's a 47-inch set. It's going to look quite imposing in your room. It's going to look the business. However, personally speaking, if, if I was you, I would be looking at the more expensive sets out there. Even if they're not 1080p, go get yourself a good 720. They can do proper backlighting and so on because that's really a bugbear with me. And looking on the forum, some people have read the review that's on the forums now, and I've had comments from those people, some people who have bought the set and have been disappointed with the backlight. So it's certainly something to bear in mind. Overall, design-wise, I was really impressed with this set. I scored it 8 out of 10. Um, sound quality from the built-in speakers, not great, but then on most flat panels, the sound quality is not not particularly good and if you're going to use it in the home cinema environment you're going to have your sound coming through your amplifier anyway so the speakers don't really matter that much so that's called the sound as a five picture quality i think i've been rather generous giving it a seven and that's just because it is a full 1920 by 1080 panel it does look good in a normal living room if properly calibrated and you're not watching too much dark material it, it does look good not as good as the best out there not not nearly as good as, as some of the 720 panels out there, but it does a, it does a fairly decent job. Um, connectivity, mm, it, it's all right. It could be a lot better. In today's world of multi-HDMI connectivity, um, you need more than one HDMI connector. So I scored that as a 5. Ease of use, the remote control just didn't help ease of use at all. It took me, well, about 8 to 9 minutes to sort of get my head around where all the controls were on the remote and you know when you've got a good remote in your hand because it's quite intuitive where your finger go. You don't have you don't have to look at the remote because you know where things should be. Not that type of remote with this set. So I scored that down as a five out of ten. But value for money, you know, you can't knock it. It's ten eighty p. It's only fifteen hundred quid. Probably find it a lot cheaper online. I'll give it a nine out of ten for value of money. And overall, I think I'll, I will cut it a little bit of slack because it's good to see. 1080p technology at that price point and hopefully the big boys will start to follow this year and we will see uh, a steady decline in prices for the 1080 technology so overall i'm give it a 7 out of 10 and that wraps up our reviews for this week don't forget we are coming to you live from bristol this weekend so tune in over friday saturday and sunday and you can find us on itunes or on the forums Also, don't forget to download this week's Movies and Games editions of the AV Podcast. And as we now produce three separate casts, you'll need to update your RSS feeds. More information can be found in the podcast forum at www.avforums.com. 
This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.